1921, Harvard's football team had been absolutely dominating everyone they encountered. They won the Rose Bowl in 1919, and they hadn't lost a game and get this, five years. So they didn't lose a game in five years until October 29th, 1921, when they played, when they played um, this little tiny college in Danville, Kentucky. They played this little tiny college that had 300 people enrolled. They beat Harvard six to nothing. And so you can see there's some pictures there. And that is their memoir right there. That little tiny college said, we beat Harvard six to nothing. And they actually, my understanding is they actually have a room dedicated to this, <laughs> to this one victory. It was a big deal, right? Because I believe that when you, have, when you have things that are coming your way, and you have obstacles, and you overcome them, you should remember those things. And I, you know, I think it's funny that they, they dedicated a whole room. But if you beat a team that seemed unbeatable, you'd probably be pretty excited about it too, right? So I, I, w- I want you to realize this morning that the Bible is full of stories. Some of you have read them, right? The Bible is full of stories of people, watch this, that have overcome insurmountable odds. People that have overcome unbelievable things. Some of you in this room have overcome unbelievable things. Some of you in this room have overcome some amazing uh, impossibilities. And I want to tell you right now that God is in the business of taking people that seem like it's impossible that you can do something with them and change the world. Sometimes you need a miracle and you need God to show off. And I want to, I want to let you know something really quickly. This morning I'm doing part one of this series that we're calling God of the moment. God of the moment. But really, he's also the God of the movement. Tonight, I'm doing part two. And next Sunday, I'm doing part three. If you're a regular attendee, if you're a covenant partner, if you don't even know what that means, you're still invited to come tonight. Okay? Be here tonight. Tonight's going to be, it's called Vision Night. We're going to have praise and worship. We're going to have some testimonies. We're going to look back at what God did in 2017 and look forward to what God is doing in 2018. There's also going to be a video shown of last year, a bunch of pictures and things. It's a, a kind of little video we put together to showcase last year and all the goodness of God and all the faithfulness of God. So I want to encourage you to be here tonight. You say, well, Pastor Tony, I, I don't know if I can make it. Try to make it. We're not going to keep you terribly long, but it's at 6 o'clock tonight if you can. But I'm kicking off this message series this morning. And I really feel like it's something that uh, you can't miss. Because I don't want you to miss what God is doing now. And I don't want you to miss what God is doing next. You see, because he wants to do something with you now. And he wants to do something with you next. I want to talk for a few moments about a story that may be familiar to some of you. The story that may be familiar to some of you is the, the Israelites that had left Egypt and they were delivered by God. It's a familiar story. Many of you have heard the story multiple times. You've probably heard multiple sermons on it. I've preached on it multiple times. But I want to kind of take a different angle at it just for a moment. Because I want to tell you, don't miss the now and don't miss the next. In, in, the, in the wanderings of Israel, there are two things that took place specifically. And here they are. The two things that took place is this. There was, a, there was miracles of the moment. 
when God showed up and gave a supernatural instance that took place, right? And left everyone in awe. You can read those over and over again in the Bible, right? Miracles of the moment. When God does something amazing. But then there's also instances where God did something, miracles of the movement. Where God transformed a people, a nation, a culture. And he revolutionized the future of all those people and the people around them. Can I tell you something? I believe that we as a church, Freedom Life Church. Can I get your attention for a moment? We as a church, I believe God has put us in both of those moments. I believe that God is the God of the moment. And I also believe that God is the God of the movement. I believe that he's put us in a time where he's going to show off. But then not only that, I don't want to stay there. I don't want to stay there in that moment. Even the disciples that were in the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus, they were like, man, let's, they, saw, they saw Jesus transfiguring things. And they said, let's just set up tents right here. He's like, no, you can't. Why? Because he doesn't want to be the God of just the moment. He wants to be the God of the movement. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't just hear what I'm saying right now. Hear what I'm saying about down the line. That he doesn't just want to be the God of this moment right now. Because there are people that go to church on a Sunday and they do other things the rest of the week. They have nothing to do with God. Why? Because they camped out in the God of the moment. You'll be my God for this moment. I'm going to give you 90 minutes, God. And if Pastor Tony preaches a little longer, I'll give you 97. Some of y'all know it goes a little longer. Sometimes I'm just saying... You're being very kind. But I'm going to give them that 90 minutes. I'm going to give them that, you know, that time. And then the rest of the week, I'm going to do what I want to do. You're living in the God of the moment. He may do something here, but he doesn't really affect you outside of these doors, outside of these walls. Can I encourage you with something? I believe God is bringing freedom to both. With this harvest offering that we believe in God for. We believe in God to show us miracles. That he wouldn't be just the God of the moment, but the God of the movement. See, I chose to, I chose to look at it like this as I was preparing. I, I choose to look at it like this. Difficulties to a Christian are only miracles that haven't happened yet. See, you can look at it like, I have this problem, Pastor Tony. I have this problem and that problem in this situation. You can look at it like that, and some do. And I understand that. Because sometimes I play pity party too and I, oh, woe is me, all right? Or you could look at it and go, man, this difficulty, what are you teaching me here, God? What miracle can you create out of this moment? Is anybody getting what I'm saying right now? You can look at it and you can focus on the, on the problem that's in front of you. Or you could say, God, you're the God of the movement. You're so much more. I want you to be both the God of the moment and the God of the movement. So this morning's message is entitled, God or the Miracle of the Moment. It's part one of this God of the Movement series. Psalm 36 says this, Your steadfast love, O Lord, extends to the heavens, your faithfulness to the clouds. Has he been faithful to you? He's been faithful to me. One of the things we're asking God to do in this church is to build disciples 
that will be, that will be willing to go out and let other people know who Jesus is. That they would be willing to step out. And as we look at the people of Israel, they were bound by Egypt, right? They were bound by Pharaoh. And many of you know the story. I'm not telling you something you don't know. Many of you know the story, right? And so here's Pharaoh and he has two million people at his disposal. And then in comes Moses, let my people go. And he lets them go after a multitude of different miracles had taken place. And at that point... The Lord said to Moses, after the Israelites had been released, the Lord said to Moses, camp along the shore across Baal Zephon, verse 3 of chapter 14. If you want to turn there, please do. Chapter 14, verse 3, then Pharaoh will think. The, the Israelites are confused. They're trapped in the wilderness. And once again, God says this, I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will chase after you. And here's what God said. Listen to this. I have planned this in order to display my glory. God will set up your enemy to bring a testimony into your life. The Israelites were sitting ducks. Would you agree? They were out there. At least they seemed to be sitting ducks. But this duck had an almighty God behind it. So that duck is probably more stronger than just the mightiest of ducks you've ever seen. There's no, there's no Israelite that really, really believed God like Moses came along. And they were like, okay, fine. We'll follow your instructions, Moses. And they went out there and the people of Israel, listen, they were the workforce for Pharaoh. He knew this. And as he knew this, he also knew that it was their desire to want to stay. Some of them actually wanted to stay, and I'll get to that in a minute. But they looked at Moses and they said, okay, Moses, we trust you. They showed up and there's a big red sea in front of them. And they're supposed to cross it. Well, there's a big problem. Because they looked back and they could hear the chariots. They looked back and they could see at a distance. Have you ever looked back and see at a distance the enemy coming at you? And you're like, I could see this bill approaching me. Come on, somebody. Y'all see Pharaoh like a bill. Some of you, I get it. Pharaoh's like mortgage time or rent time, right? Pharaoh's like that, 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 that doctor's result that you've been waiting for. Right? They use the C word and you don't know if, like, if it's true. And you're haunted. He's bearing down on you. What, 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 is, what is Pharaoh going to do to me? What is, that, what is that sickness that they're saying I might have going to do to me? I'm telling you right now. God will not pull you out of Egypt so you can go back. God never pulled you out of Egypt so you can go back. Oh, I got a word for somebody this morning. Can I share a couple things with you? Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a philosopher, once said this. It matters little form, what form of prayer we adopt or how many words we use. What matters is the faith which lays hold on God. It doesn't matter the fancy words you use. Watch this. It doesn't matter how perfectly well you structure your sentences. God is more impressed with a heart that's been yielding to him. Here's a couple thoughts I want to share with you. Number one. When God's instructions don't make sense, obey him anyway. Right? The first one was simply this, and the team's going to help me out with this. When you're caught in a tight spot, 
look for God to show himself. That's number one. When you're caught in a tight spot, look for God to show himself. Instead of looking at your problem, why don't you say, God, I've got this thing going on in my life right now. What are you trying to teach me? I'm sorry, that's what mature believers do. If you've been in Christ for quite some time, you know this. I know that. I know, but I'm just reminding you. But if you've just recently come to Jesus, this is a great tip in your life. Are you ready? When you're caught in a tight spot, look for God to show himself. Second thought. When God's instructions don't make sense, obey him anyway. That's number two. I heard it been said before, and it's common phrase, God helps those who help themselves. You ever heard that before? My grandmother, the wonderful Spanish Christian lady that she was, would tell me, Papi, it's in the Bible. God helps those who help themselves. And I say, really? Well, I tell me where it's at. It's in there. She tell me in Spanish, Tai, read it. The older you get, I realize the more you can throw at people like it's in there. Don't worry about it. I've been there. Right? My grandmother, she pulled that car with me all the time. God helps those who help themselves. Where is that? It's in the Bible. I read it. The table of contents to the maps. It's not in there, people. God helps those who help themselves. It's not in there. So don't lie to your children or your children's children. It's not right. I think my grandma thought it was in there. Like seriously. Somebody really important said it. And she was like, it has to be Jesus. And so I had Sue. I know it. It's so good. It's got to be Jesus. My grandma was amazing. But I think the better theology is this. God helps those who can't help themselves. I think that's proper theology. And I think when we start realizing that the people of Israel are a lot like us, we can stop looking at them like those people were so ignorant. Right? Because we are so ignorant. That we think that somehow God is not listening. He is. He really is. Well, Pharaoh considered it a complete misappropriation of his resources to let two million people go. So he took 600 of Egypt's best chariots to hunt down the people of Israel. You can find that in verse 7 of chapter 14. And then he took over all their commanders as well. And then as he approached them, verse 10, the people of Israel looked up in panic. And when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them, that is to say they were about to be taken over, they cried out to the Lord and they said to Moses, I love that. They they cried out to the Lord and then they said to Moses, I guarantee you that it wasn't the same thing. They didn't tell God what they told Moses. You ready? They told, they cried out to God, Oh Lord! And then they said to Moses, Look what you did! This is your fault! We had a home, we have food, 
and you took us away. Now we're stuck in here between a rock and a water. A lot of water. Oh yeah, and 600 plus chariots. They said, you should have left us in Egypt. They said to him. And then they said, it is better to be slaves in Egypt. I'm not making this up. They'd rather be slaves to the Egyptians than being a corpse in the wilderness. That's verse 12 of chapter 14. Friend, look at me. I would rather be in the wilderness by myself with my God than in Egypt with a, a, a tyrant that is calling me his slave. That Pharaoh is every single thing that comes against you. That Pharaoh is everything that's come against you, your family, your finances, your job, everything that you love and everything that you are. That Pharaoh will come down upon you and try to overshadow you. But I would rather be in the wilderness with my God because God plus one is always the majority. They got two million people. Seriously? You're afraid of 600 chariots when you got two million people? Why? Because their mindset was already, they were in bondage still. They just, their bodies weren't there. They were mentally bound already. Just like some of the people listening to me at this moment. You're standing in front of victory. God is offering you a miracle. And you choose to turn back. Like Lot's wife, looking back is a bad decision. Sometimes you have to keep looking forward even if you don't know what you're looking for. Which comes to my next point. When your situation is most desperate, don't look back. Lot's wife tried it and it was a salty, salty situation. I know, cheesy, but true. Faith is not belief without proof, but trust without reservations. I don't know what I'm looking at, God, but my goodness... I know what I was looking at. Are you hearing me? I don't know what I'm looking at right now. I I know I'm not supposed to look at Pharaoh. I'm supposed to look forward. But all I see is a Red Sea. All I see is a Red Sea. And God's deliverer raised his his, uh, staff. And at that moment, God raised the expectations. And all of a sudden, the deliverance was in front of them. I want to tell you something. God wants you to keep going. Because there are things that are happening in your life. That great glory will be displayed because of it. Don't settle with the God of the moment. When really, God is about movement. Listen, I heard it said recently. And it really ministered to me. And it was actually, we were getting around this morning and it stood with me through this morning. Need does not get God's attention. 
Because if that was the case, third world countries would be changed overnight. Because there's plenty of need out there. Would you agree? Need is not what gets God's attention. That's not what gets God's attention. You know what gets God's attention? Faith. Faith that he can and faith that he will. Even if you don't understand it. So let me implore you this morning with something. It's not enough to need. But it is something to speak out your mouth and say what it is you need God to do for you. That doesn't mean that God is your butler. Let me make this very clear. I don't subscribe to that. Nor do I believe that. But I do believe that God hears our prayers and he sees our tears. And some of you have been having both. Over and over again. And I want to tell you that he's not just the God of the moment. He's the God of the movement. And God is a miracle at this moment for you. I don't know what that looks like. But I know what I'm praying for for me and my family. I know what I'm praying for for this church. I know, I know one thing that God has spoken to me about what we need to do. And I know that that 25,000 number looks huge. But I'm believing that God is the God of the moment. And if I believe him for the moment and I stick to it, that God of the moment is still the God of the movement. He doesn't change. He's the same yesterday. He's the same Today, he's the same forever, right? Yesterday, today, and forever, he doesn't change. He's never changing. He's God. So, what am I saying to you here this morning? I hope you get something out of what I'm saying. But here's what I believe. I want to leave with you these few thoughts. Here it is. You ready? Watch God at work and work while you watch. Watch God at work and work while you watch. Because verse 21 is on its way. Somebody say verse 21 is coming. You know what happened in verse 21? Moses raised his hand over the sea and the Lord opened the path through the water. When the Egyptians and all of Pharaoh's horses, verse 23, chariots and charioteers chased them into the middle of the sea. Just before the Lord, the dawn, the Lord looked down at the Egyptian army from the pillar of fire in the cloud. And he threw their forces into total confusion. And God had the final word. Follow me. God has the final word for you too today. You're facing the sea. I get it. You got, you got Pharaoh right at your heels. I get it. But here's what I get more. That my faith in my father... Is bigger than my faith in my finances. It's bigger than my faith in my foes. It's bigger than the faith of my family. My faith in my father has to be my focus. No matter if people believe my dream or not. No matter if people believe my destiny or not. I have to believe. So here's what I'm saying. When you see God work. Stand in awe and believe for greater things. Greater things. I'm talking about greater things. Some of you settle with the good things. And here's a thought that drew, that drew my attention as I was preparing. Sometimes the greater things that God has for us, sometimes those greater things are seemingly outside of our reach. So we settle with really good second best. 
Because it takes too much faith to believe him for the very best. So we settle for second best. Can I tell you something today? God can and will. God can and will give you the very best. Not because you are all that in a bag of chips, right? But you are his child and he does look out for his own. See, so when you see God work, stand in awe and let him work. Don't get in the way by trying to figure it out. I gave up that part a long time ago. Though it tries to creep its head around every once in a while. You ever try to understand God? Whoever try to understand God? If you understand God, number one, see me after service. I need to take notes. I just want to sit and listen to you. I just want to sit and listen to your incredible wisdom. Because I haven't figured him out. Number two, if you could understand your God, he's probably not God. <laughs> if you can fully understand God, he's probably not God. It's probably just a really good self-consciousness about yourself. So let me tell you this, and I'll close it in prayer. Every story in the Bible is miracle after miracle. Why don't you reach out and see What's in store for you today? Can I ask you to bow your heads with me across this room? All across this room. Because I believe God has something to encourage you with here today. So Father, we are all lost and pinned down sometimes. I know that we're found guilty and without you, we have no hope in this world. But with you, everything is possible. I pray that your, your rich mercy and your grace will allow us to see Jesus lifted high on that cross and let us know that you thought it all out already. That you stepped back and you saw the big picture and every trial that we go through will make us better. Help us not to be bitter, but better. Father God, I ask you to release your presence. So that your people may know who you are in this place. Fill our hearts with your love. Fill our hearts with your grace. You are amazing God. Somebody tell him he's amazing right now. Come on. You are amazing God. We love you in Jesus name.